What's up, Crossover fam? This is Tammy. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. God has been moving in major ways in our community, and we're so glad that you get to be a part of it. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to live out your calling in Christ. Enjoy this week's message. Welcome to Crossover ATL. This is a ministry and a church plan of a ministry that we've been doing for about 15 years called City Takers. Many of y'all have been part of City Takers in the past, but maybe it's your first time. You're like, yo, this is, this is different. This is different. Listen, we some different people. We some peculiar people as the Bible calls us, right? And if you look around the room, I want everybody to look around the room for a second. This is a glimpse of heaven itself, amen? Look at all the different people. And here's the beautiful thing about the different people. We are all made in his image. That's just how big and beautiful God is. Say, I'm made in his image. Yes, you made in his image, all of us. And God doesn't make any mistakes. You hear me? And so stop trying to be like somebody else and be the person that God created you to be. That's not in my notes. That's in his word. This is a church that we're about the word of God. This is a church we're about equipping the saints for the work of ministry, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you don't have a church home, you now have one in Jesus' name. Amen? And it's not about putting people in the seats here. It's about being the church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If we can equip you to go do the work and be the church, this church will multiply, even if everybody doesn't come on a Sunday. That is the mission and the vision of what God is doing in this house. So let me get to the word. Say wildfires. We've been talking about wildfires for the past three weeks. This is the last week. All right, we talked about being the spark. Pastor Phil preached last week about the ruach of God or the breath of God or the oxygen or the wind. How many of y'all ever lit a fire before and you had to, like, fan that flame a little bit? That's what he preached on last week. If you, if you didn't hear it, go on to the YouTube channel and watch last week's message. It was powerful. But this week we're going to talk about fuel. Say fuel. Man, if you drive a vehicle or you drive a car or bump that, we went to we did the lake day yesterday and my man Corbin was on the grill and I had the second half of the grill. We had a light, how many how many grill people we got in the house? You like to barbecue. Make some noise. Make some noise. It's the fourth. How many of y'all barbecuing today? Make some noise. Make some noise. Cause I want to see where I'm going tonight after after work. I mean, after church. David, I'm going with you. One thing about, about lighting the grill is you got to have, and I'm a charcoal guy. I need charcoal or smoke, you know. I'm not talking about the gas grill. The gas grill, you click the button and go. I'm talking about the charcoal grill. You got to get this can that they call lighter fluid. And you got to spray the coals with that lighter fluid. And then you got you to step back a little bit, unless you're brave like me and you get up in there and you, you know. And then you light the lighter fluid, and what happens? It goes, woof. And a flame goes really tall. And so today I wanted to talk about like that lighter fluid or the fuel. Because if we're going to have a spiritual revival, a.k.a. a wildfire starting to spread through the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia, the United States, and the nations of the world, we need to have each one of these fire triangles, the spark, the oxygen, but also the fuel. We need the lighter fluid. We need something that is going to burn. And I wanted to read a verse for you this morning, Proverbs 26.1. Don't put it up yet. Don't put it up yet because I'm, I'm going I'm to preface this for a second. 
Don't say, oh, you taking that verse out of context because I'm about to take it out of context, y'all. I, the Lord gave me this verse, and he, and, and he says, you know what, like this is meant like talking about troublemakers. And so when I talk about troublemakers, I used to be one. Any, any old school, yeah, B.C., before Jesus, before Christ, troublemakers in the house. Say yeah. But we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's put, let's put I just wanted, I wanted to give you a little bit of content. Put the verse up. But now we got, we got good troublemakers. We can make some trouble for the kingdom of God. Amen. Good trouble. Any good troublemakers in the house? Say yeah. yeah. See, Jesus was a good troublemaker. He was. And so I wanted to read this verse. Proverbs 26, 21. It says, troublemakers start trouble. Now, again, I'm talking about good troublemakers. Just as a spark and fuel starts a fire. Right? Just as a spark mixed with fuel starts a fire. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that it penetrates the hearts and the minds, God. And we, we, we receive from you this morning, God. And we leave from this building different than we walked in. We love you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Now, I've been a troublemaker in my lifetime, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. Come on, make some noise for his some mercy, somebody. But I, I wanted to stir something up inside of you to, to, to go out and start some good trouble. Say good trouble. Good trouble. Sounds like a movie title, right? Good trouble. And it's appearing every single one of starring every single one of you. And what's going to happen is you are going to create this movie called L-I-F-E. It's actually you living out God's call on your life to go out and start fires. Not, not physical fires. I'm talking about spiritual fires. That's what this message is all about. So if you think in the physical term, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual wildfires. And in order to start a fire, there has to be material to burn. And this is referred to as what we call fuel. Fuel is any kind of combustible material. It could be paper. You ever burned paper before? It could be oil. It could be wood. We have forest fires all the time. We, we make fires. If you were ever a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout, you had to learn how to make a fire I watch these, these TV shows on Discovery Channel where, you know, you learn how to survive and these people start to rub sticks together and it starts to smoke and they get a little bit of ember and they get some dry material. And what do they do, Pastorville? They start to blow on it. That was the message last week. But they, you, you can't just blow on something without fuel. It could be fabric, it could be liquid, it could be plastic, it could be rubber. You ever burned rubber before and it's like this black cloud of smoke? Fuel for fire is usually characterized by its moisture content because if it's too wet, it won't burn. If it's too dry, it burns super quickly, right? It depends on its size and quantity. If you have a bunch of sticks, right, and you throw a bigger log on it, that thing will burn a lot longer. And it depends on what temperature it is. There's all types of things that determine whether something is going to burn, and for how long it's going to burn. But gas is one of the most combustible materials, a.k.a. lighter fluid. I don't know if you ever put gas on the ground before and lit gas. One thing about gas, it goes up really fast, but it goes out really fast as well. 
so it doesn't burn for very long. Just like I, I, I do that lighter fluid on the charcoal, that thing went up about six feet yesterday, and it came right back down. And you got to put a little more lighter fluid on it until you get those coals burning. But once you get those coals burning for all my barbecue heads, that, that thing starts to get really hot. Really, really hot. And you leave it for about 10 minutes. Next thing you know, you're able to drop them burgers and them steaks and them ribs. What's your favorite thing to barbecue? I'm getting hungry up here preaching today. What's your favorite? On the count of three, I want you to say it. One, two, three. I heard ribs. Who, who said ribs? I'm going, yeah, amen, amen for ribs. Somebody says salmon. I'm like, okay. I'm going with the rib guy. <laughs> salmon people on this side, rib people on this. I'm just kidding. We're going to sing ribs, salmon. I'm just joking. Shout out. Hey, make some noise for Demetrius, man. He killed that today. But oil burns a lot longer than gas does. Oil burns a lot longer. And so, you know, God talks about having oil in our lamps, right, with, 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 the, with the ten virgins. And I'm not going to go into that whole story. That's for another message. But the reality is I want to burn for Jesus. I love Exodus 24, 17. It says this, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the top of a mountain. Now, I was on the West Coast several years ago when the whole, it seemed like the whole West Coast was burning. I shared that story about three weeks ago right here on the stage. But one thing is at night, you could actually see the sky glowing. That the fire was so bright that the night sky was glowing orange. It is actually one of the weirdest things to see because through the ash, it had this kind of purplish orange color. And the Bible talks about we are a city set upon a hill. Our light is called to shine through the darkness. And so if we are going to start fires in the spirit realm, if we are going to be part of this wildfire, I believe that God first wants to set us on fire and that we will shine in the midst of darkness. I'm not talking about nighttime. What I'm talking about is the darkness of this world. When people look at you, do they see Jesus shining through your life? And I believe that there's three things that will fill your spiritual wildfire. And I'm going to break them down really quickly. The first thing is faith. Say faith. You got to have some faith. You got to believe. You got to believe in the word. You got to believe in the person of Jesus. You got to believe in the Holy Spirit. You got to believe in his church. Jesus established his church 2,000 years ago as an answer to a dying and broken world, and we are the church. So be careful how you talk against his bride. We're not perfect, but the church is perfected because it's covered by the blood of Jesus. And so stop pointing out all the flaws in the body. The reality is, yes, we are all broken people. We are all messed up in different ways. That's the reason why we worship the person of Jesus. That's the reason why we need his forgiveness. The Bible talks about don't look at the plank in your brother or the speck in your brother's eye without first taking out the plank in your own eye. The reality is if we will all uncover like our righteousness, we'll start to see the dirt and the muck and the mire of our own lives. Focus on self. I'm not saying don't, don't, you know, in the context of relationship, help people, walk with people. There is a level of accountability, but it's not judgment. 
It's so that you can walk in the fullness of what God wants you to walk in. I want to help you not stumble down into the same pit that I fell in a bunch of times because falling in the pits hurt. Sin hurts. Sin looks good for a moment. Even the Bible says that sin looks good for the moment, but in the end, it's destruction. And so if, if I see you walking in sin and you're trying to act like it's okay and you're trying to say that the Bible says it's okay, I'm going to tell you different. I'm going to tell you what the Word says. But you got to have faith in it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. you got to have some substance in your life. This substance is called faith. you got to have hope. When you don't have hope, you don't have faith. Hope and faith are connected, right? Some of us get in situations where it looks like it's hopeless. God's saying, I want you to have faith. I want you to believe in me that I can turn that situation around just with a word. And sometimes it's a miracle moment where, where things just completely shift and change. But sometimes God walks with us through the storm. And sometimes the miracle is us learning not to do the same things that we used to do. And he'll walk with us through that season. That could be weeks. That could be months. That could be years sometimes. Because he wants us to grow. He wants us to mature in Christ. He wants to grow our faith. So the question, is there any substance to your faith? The other day I get home. I don't know if it was Friday I get home. And there's nothing like a package on your doorstep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You don't know what it is, and you, you get this package on your doorstep. It's like a grown man's Christmas. A package on the doorstep. It's a big box. So I bring it inside, and, and I lift up the box, and it has some weight to it, y'all. This thing has some weight. I'm like, oh, man, what is this package? So I get, to, I, get, I get a knife, and I open up this package, and it was like I was 10 years old on December 25th, like opening up a present under the tree, except it was June 30th or whatever the date was. And I opened it up, and I read a box. It says, Junior's Cheesecakes. Yeah. From Brooklyn, New York. Flatbush Ave, it even had that on the, on the box. I was like, good God, somebody loves me. I took that cheesecake out, but I, I was, you, know, you know what shocked me for a second? I said, that cheesecake was heavy. You know why? It had, it had substance to it. It had weight to it. And I was like, man, what, what is this cheesecake made of? Because it was like 10 pounds. But let, let me tell you something. Last night, I cut into that thing, and it was like I, God God transferred me into the I seen heaven itself. I seen the gate. I seen the angels. I'm joking, y'all. I don't have any left. Actually, I'm lying. I have a little bit left. I just don't want to share it. See, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He's like, you can't lie to them. <laughs> That thing has substance. Here's my question to you. How heavy is your faith? How much, how much substance 
for things hoped for do you really have? Or are you focused on everything that is going wrong? Or are you focused on, you know what, I'm always going to be this way. Or I'm never going to get out of this situation. Or I hate this job. How much substance does your faith actually have? So today I want to increase your faith. I want to increase my faith under the power of the Holy Spirit. It says this in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Not scot-free. The word of God. So you got to consume your ears with the word of God. So what are you putting into your ears? How much stuff are you putting into your ears that is contrary to the kingdom? I'm not saying this in a religious way, but you got to feed your ears the word of God. That's how you're going to increase your faith. James takes it a little bit deeper in James 1, it says this. He says, but be doers of the word, not just hearers. So not only do you got to hear the word, you got to put the word into action. Say action. You got to live this thing out. Otherwise, you're going to be just deceiving yourself, as he says. So the first thing, if you want to start this fire in your life, you got to have some faith. The second thing you got to do is you got to have some finance. This is the one thing that the church don't like talking about. Because, because let, me, let me just be real, because a lot of people try to control this part of, you know what I mean, of your life. A lot of people are selfish and, you know, they have ulterior motives behind finances. So what do we do with God's money? We just hold on to it. We just hold on. And I did say God's money because none of my money is my money. It's all his. I just steward what God entrusts me with. Everything that I have, I am only stewarding for a period of time. Everything. Even my children. I'm stewarding them for a period of time. How many of y'all got older kids that have gone from the house? It's, it, and let me talk to any one of them, and they'll tell you how quickly that goes. You are just stewards of everything that God entrusts to you. So we talk about this revival, we talk about this fire, we talk about all this stuff, but we got to have faith, and it's got to be backed by finances. Malachi 3.10. You've heard the scripture before if you've been in the church. This is the only scripture, check this out, this is the only scripture in the Bible that God says to test him in. What? Test him? Test God? Yeah, you could test God in this. You all ready to read it? It says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see. Oh, I love, any of y'all like seeing God do something? Any of y'all like to open that box and see what's inside that box? Junior cheesecake? My, man, my heart jumps. There's nothing like just, there's nothing like when God brings the result of your faith. There's nothing like when God brings the result to your prayers. I'm telling you, that's something amazing to see. So, so when it comes to finance, he says, and see, I will, and see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there's not room enough to contain it. Now, let me just be real. The blessing can be finances, but a lot of times in my life, just be real, it's coming things that money can't buy. 
Yeah. I know a lot of people that have money, but they're miserable. They got no peace. Nobody really loves them because they love their money. And they love what they can do for them, but the moment that they don't do something for them, they don't love them no more. And maybe you've been in that type of relationship before, so you know what I'm talking about. But when God blesses his children, not only does he provide for them physically, but he also gives them things that money cannot buy. Like number one is identity. Like I know who I am in the kingdom. No matter what you say about me doesn't move me. I know I am loved by my father. So whether you love me or not doesn't change how I feel about my God. This is a word for somebody. Like, listen, I need wisdom in my life. I'm not sure what to do. My God, he says, if you lack wisdom, pray to the Lord in heaven who gives out wisdom. God will give you wisdom. And let me tell you something. Money can't buy that wisdom. You could have a coach on this earth. You could have a mentor on this earth. You could have all these people. And all those things are great. But there's something that is greater. It's God's wisdom from heaven. Money can't buy those things. Money can't buy real love. Money buys fake love. Fake love runs out. Real love is eternal. Don't let me keep preaching on this. He says, see if I do not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing there's not room enough to contain. I want that blessing that there's not room enough in the storehouse. God, listen, God doesn't want to bless you. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel thing. I'm talking about something inside of you. And one thing about the blessing is it's not for us, it's for us to share. You ever met those kids, like it's, it's typically a kid who don't got no brothers and sisters, the only child, the only child, maybe your only, only child. And when you get around your friends, you don't like to share. That's not what life in the kingdom is like. It's all about leading with an open hand and an open heart. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We in this thing together. So when God blesses one, he blesses the family. Yeah. Proverbs 3 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits all of your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. I shared this about three weeks ago. Like I planted this apple seed when we talked about, I don't, I don't remember what message it was from. We are talking about seeds. I planted, I bit into an apple, and I said, man, I've never planted a seed of an apple. I don't know, maybe some of y'all have. So I took it, and I planted it in one of the pots that is on my windowsill. And guess what it, guess what it did? I started watering, and about three weeks later, a little leaf pops out. And then next thing you know, it's growing flowers. That was about six months ago. That thing got so many pink flowers on it that I, that I started to talk about it. And I talked to a guy who's in landscaping business, and he says, yeah, actually, apples will grow in the state of Georgia. And so he says, it, you know, what you need to do is take it out of that little pot because it won't bear any fruit in the little pot. Get it into something that it could grow roots down deep. That's a word for somebody. You got to get in a place that you could grow deep roots so that you can start to bear fruit. Get out of that little, get out of that little bubble. Get out of that little restrictive space. Then get into a space where you're planted where you could grow deep roots. Then he said this. This guy's not even a believer, by, by the way. He said, he said, you got to put that thing in the ground where it could grow deep roots. And then he says, in about a year or so, when the tree, it'll start, it'll start to have 
flowers on it, like you're seeing now. But it'll, the flowers will turn into the fruit. But he said this. He says the first year when it starts to flower, when it's about two or three feet tall, you need to cut it all off. You need to sacrifice. This is what he said. You need to sacrifice the first fruits. And I was like, why would you sacrifice the first fruits of an apple tree? He says, because all the energy will go into uh, producing fruit the first year. And the fruit actually won't taste that good because it's the first fruits. What you really need to do is sacrifice the first fruits. Then the energy of the tree goes down underground into the roots, and it will grow roots twice as deep as the other tree that you don't sacrifice the fruits. Then the next year... That tree that you sacrificed the first fruits will grow 3x the amount of fruit that the one that you didn't sacrifice the fruit from. And so I was like, yo. And I read this verse. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Listen, it's all the Lord's. He's just asking for the first fruits. You got to sow into the kingdom. God doesn't need your money. You hear me? He has it all. But there's something about our hearts that want to hold on and build our own kingdom. And the Lord is saying, no, what I want you to do, if you really want to spread fire, you really want to be a part of this revival, I need you to release the first fruits in Jesus' name. So you need faith, you need finance, and the last thing, if we can have my man with the keys, we need to be able to fast. Say fast. We need to pray and fast. Another thing that we don't like to do. But if you want to see revival fire, you want to see this fire start to multiply, and you want to burn inwardly and burn outwardly, you got to be men and women that fast. Acts 13, 3 and 4. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and they sent them off. What does that mean? That means that You're empowering another human being. When you pray and you fast, something happens in you, and God wants you to give that thing away, and the thing is a person. His Holy Spirit is Jesus. He starts to fuel you spiritually. And it's not just for you. It's for you to give away. I talk about gas stations a lot. Just yesterday, I pulled up to the gas station, and I wish I could just pull up and just be like, yep. Pump the gas. But you got to pull that thing out of the gas pump and you got to stick it in the car. And you got to pump, somebody got to pump the gas. Somebody got to get out the car and pump the gas. And that's what this verse reminds me of. God fills you up and we can empower other Christians to go live out the call on their life and you can literally lay hands on them and fuel them up and empower them with the power of the Holy Spirit. I love Matthew 17. It says this, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief or your lack of what? Faith. For surely I say to you, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move from here into there. And nothing will be impossible for who? For you. For me. Then he goes on to say this. However, 
When Jesus says, however, you better pay attention. However, faith mixed with, he says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's a supernatural empowerment. There's a supernatural fueling that happens when disciples, when believers, when Christians pray and fast. I love Acts 14, 23. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasted committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Why did I share that verse? Because there is a commitment involved. You want to see wildfire really start to spread? You got to be committed to faith. Otherwise, your faith will be burnt out. You got to be committed to prayer and fasting. Otherwise, your fire will burn out. You got to be committed financially. Otherwise, your fire will burn out. I love Luke 3.16. John 3.16 is probably the most famous Bible verse in history, but Luke 3.16 to me is right up there with it. It says, I baptize you with water. This is John speaking. But one who is more powerful than I will come. Whose J's, I say that, this is my version. Whose J's I'm not worthy enough to lace up. Listen to this. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. So there's a thing called baptism of fire where God wants to pour out his fire upon you. And men, who have, men and women who have faith, it doesn't matter if you're two years old or 100 years old or anywhere in between or older or younger, if you have faith mixed with finance and prayer and fasting, Get ready for that fire to burn in your heart like you've never experienced before. Get ready. How many of y'all are ready for that? Just raise your hand up. I'm going to pray for you today. I'm ready for that. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as I pray all around the room. And I believe that God today is going to end this service. And I believe, I'm going I'm to pray for a, a baptism. Not of water, but of fire. So, Father God, as we, as we stand to our feet this morning, your word went forth, and I know it will never return to you void, but it will accomplish everything that you set it forth to accomplish. So I thank you, God, that you're a finisher. Lord, let our faith arise this morning. Let our faith arise this morning, God. Let us pray. Let us fast. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let our finances be sown into the advancement of your kingdom, Lord God. Let us commit to your ways, Lord God. Let us, let us commit. Father, I pray for a real empowerment, God, of your church this morning. I pray that your presence starts to fall upon each and every person. That you baptize us afresh and anew with Holy Spirit and power and fire. Burn out everything that doesn't represent you. Mm. this is a moment where you could give whatever it is that you need to give to Jesus you need, you need to give it to him 
Maybe you've been struggling with secret sin. Maybe you have an addiction issue. Maybe you're holding on to some unforgiveness. I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus this morning. Come on, just whisper a prayer to him. I can't pray for you for these things. Sometimes you got to pray to Jesus on your own. Say, Jesus, forgive me, Lord God. Jesus, I, I, I lay this down once and for all. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me, Lord God. I want to have faith to believe that this mountain can move in Jesus' name. He said, all you got to do is have a little bit of faith this morning. And so I thank you that mountains move. I thank you, God, for the miracle of salvation even taking place right now, God. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in King Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Man, what a powerful message. We want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that this week's word blessed and encouraged you. God is doing some amazing things in our community, and we're so glad to have you be a part of it. If you're new to our ministry, we would love to connect with you. You can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash connect and fill out the information so that we can stay connected. Also, if you would like to give to help support our ministry, you can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash give. Thanks and God bless.